Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Bada bing, bada boom. Woo! It's my birthday month. That's right, it is. You're a Leo. I'm a Leo. And I've noticed that when my birthday month, August, rolls around, crazy things start happening. Like what? It gets hot. It gets humid. People do crazy ass things. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in the news right now. We've heard about aliens. Like you said earlier, you know, when we were sitting on the couch talking, you're like, Joe Biden. There's just Joe Biden, period, period, (laughs) period. There's just stuff all the time. I mean, Pee Wee. Paul Rubens passed away. Pee Wee Herman, rest in peace. So sad. I mean, there's just been so many things. Angus Cloud. There, it's just, it's been this overwhelming. I know. It hurts my heart. Because of Angus, I have a sick-ass Supreme knit sweater in my closet. And oh, also really? great entertainment. But he could dress his ass off. He was a real, he was a real he was artist. A real one. It's really, really sad. I know. I'm just like, what so is Pee-wee. happening? Yeah. Pee-wee. Pee-wee was. Also, Lizzo. Lizzo's being sued. Why? I know. It's pretty wild. No, no, no but why? I never, I didn't even heard this. What? You know, I don't pay attention to the industry. What rock are you living under? My paint rock. I'll sit. I'm going to break it down for you really quickly. And actually, all right, let's start from the top. So Lizzo is being sued, as is her production company, as is her dance captain, Shirlene Quigley. Now, fun fact, ask me why I am Facebook friends with Shirlene. Why are you Facebook friends with Shirlene Quigley? Great question, babe. Um, We have a mutual friend. I met her a couple of years ago. 
actually more than a couple of years ago, years and years ago, and haven't seen her or anything like that. But we are Facebook friends, fun fact. Um, anyhow, so there's a 37-page lawsuit that has gone out against Lizzo, her production company, and her dance captain. And there are nine different complaints, I guess, but a few of them are hostile work environment, religious harassment, racial harassment, and assault. Oh, my God, Lizzo. I thought she was supposed to be the poster child for joy and body positivity and like, you know, just happiness. She out here in these streets. I think that that is part of why people are so shocked because Mm -hmm. of that public persona, which also to me then lends itself to what we do in our culture of idolizing people. Yeah. And I think there's one conversation where it's like, look, if you're going to like someone's music, just like their music. Don't make them more than they are. Because then when something like this happens, you're so disappointed. Yeah. And you're so shocked. Totally. And I think it is hard because we have a tendency to do that. Make people idols. But I I just feel like, then when you put people up so high, they're only going to fall. Um, it's sad, but that's the way, you know, I was taught about the industry. They build you up to break you down. And you really have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be aware of what you're doing on an everyday basis within this industry because anything can trigger someone to make a lawsuit against you. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Has Live by the woke, die by the woke. Wow. By the woke? Yeah. Who's woke? Lizzo's woke. True. Well, obviously not. She out here causing lead lawsuits. That's what I'm saying. So here's the deal. Let me tell you what was happening. Okay. So three of her dancers have filed this lawsuit and they were saying that basically after concerts and they were going on tour that Lizzo would force them into going out and having experiences that they didn't want to partake in. And they couldn't say no? They felt that pressure of, if I don't do this, my job is on the line. That sucks. And that's really scary and hard. And that's something that I think really impacts people in in their work environment and then disables them from being able to make the choices they want to. So there were things being reported, allegations that were saying that like in these clubs, the dancers were forced to touch people's bodies that they didn't want to touch. There was something about bananas being inserted into bodies that then they were asked to eat. I'm sorry. They're out here having a whole stripper night out and complaining about it. She was paying for it. Was she paying for it? Babes. I'm just saying. Lizzo, invite me next time. I'm down for the cause. So you're just saying that she had employed by me. I mean, (laughs) she had the wrong audience. She had the wrong wrong friends. Well, no, no, no. It's not fair that if you felt that you would get fired if you didn't perform these acts that is unfair and requires uh justice but i'm just saying lizzo maybe you need to find new friends who are down for the cause and totally i guess but those dancers also witnessed preferential treatment so it was like people who did go and probably were down for the cause got treated better and had perks that then others didn't have which quid pro quo in a workspace, you can't have that. That does create a toxic work environment. And I wonder, in the industry, do you think that it is just always kind of like that? And then it just takes one person to start talking about it? Like, have you seen or witnessed things not like this, but similar to? I mean, I'm sure I have. It's hard to say because I have always been in a 
scenario or work environment where youth is around. So you're not, I definitely do not create a hostile work environment where they feel like they have to do something and they get preferential treatment. I mean, other than make me laugh. If you make me laugh, then I'm like, (laughs) you're great. Let's keep going. If you don't make me laugh, I'm like, okay, let's go to acting class. But like, I never really had to deal with the adult version of, but of quid pro quo, which is something that is lovely for the company that I work for. We get constant sexual harassment um, classes at the beginning of every season to let us know what's okay, what's not okay, what the climate of the society is when it comes to understanding how to ask someone to do something and what's okay and what's not. Because let's keep it real, from the 90s back, anything was up for grabs. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, you want this job coming to my office? And nobody said anything until, you know, hashtag me too came out. It was just a part of the lexicon of entertainment industry for so long, but nobody's taken that anymore. And do you feel like tour life is so different? Like we're talking about dancers. I I know that you've gone on tour and we've had conversations about this or you've told stories, but even from my imagination, it's just like, you're living together, you're changing together. Dancers are comfortable in their body. We see how they are on stage. I mean, everyone is very touchy-feely. It's kind of like, where where does the boundary lie between professionalism and making sure that everyone feels safe in your, their work environment, but then also having this kind of very personal relationship that dancers and people on tour kind of have? Right. I mean, again, you know, when I was on tour, I had a whole bunch of guy dancers, the majority of my tour, I had some girl dancers here and there when I was younger. But when I was older, and I was on tour with NSYNC and Mandy Moore and all of them, like NSYNC and Mandy Moore, I'm sorry, what? Say it again. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it again. Say it again. I already dropped it. Catch it when you can. Um, but when I was on tour with them, I had a whole bunch of guy dancers. And obviously, I did not change in front of them. And they did not change in front of me because I was underage. And that would be that's a boundary. However, um, you know, we had our fun. We were at fairs. We were here. And then I would go to my room and they would go out at night. And then I'd hear about all their stories within reason of respective age boundaries about their nights. And then I was like, I can't wait to go on tour with you guys when I'm of age. And then finally, when I got older, 18, then I started to see what the world is. And it is. The line is very blurry especially in music. But when you are in a non-office setting, when you are traveling with people, you become quote unquote family. And the lines of boss blurs unless someone doesn't do their job appropriately and you have to give notes later, you have to fire, you know what I mean? So I could understand how the lines get blurred. And at the same time, it truly is up to the boss, the star, the celebrity, the outside team, the tour manager, the music director to keep one foot out of the chaos to make sure things are going well. And obviously somebody was afraid to do that. But there's a lot of, I'm sorry to keep going, but there's a lot of celebrities who hold such power that even their team are scared to say. I mean, Sadly, I can bring up R. Kelly in that instance. His team around him saw what was going on and what was going on with these girls, but they were afraid for their job and didn't say anything. Yeah. And that's really a really hard place to be in when you are stuck between, okay, my job matters to me. Food on the table. (laughs) Yeah. Food on the table or 
whatever the motivation is for you. I mean, there's like food on the table, but there's also like, maybe you're somebody who's trying to work yourself up the ladder. You know that if you lose this job, then you lose the opportunity, but then also ethically and morally being like, this is wrong. And I think too, it's like in this situation, there was conversation about um, Lizzo deciding to have auditions over again with her same dancers. So she was like very upset about something. This is also part of what's in the lawsuit. And this audition, when they came back from a tour, they were out of the country. They came into back into the United States and Lizzo was not happy and said, I'm going to re-audition all of you. And it turned out to be like a 12-hour audition. Oh, and that's abuse. People were afraid to leave. And one of the dancers who's in who's filing this claim urinated on herself because she could not leave to go to the bathroom. And that is so extreme. And it does make me wonder, like, how are so many people co-signing onto that being okay? Meaning not having a break, pushing someone to the point where they go to the bathroom on themselves. But then also, like, what... That I know why. Why? Because she's the top artist in America under up underneath Beyonce. Lizzo yeah. is he. Oh my God, babe. Speaking of Beyonce, that's another thing that happened. Beyonce apparently has a lyric in one of her songs where she says something about Lizzo, Lizzo, Lizzo. And in one of her recent concerts, she did not say Lizzo's name. She What's said Badu, Badu, Badu. I mean, I like that better anyway. But I mean, that's that's... That's a statement without making a statement. My question is, Lizzo, what you about to do? Because, you know, we're in cancel culture season. And are you going to hide? Are you going to get all your brands pulled? Like, what is our society going to do? Because we love to punish people. So what is that punishment going to be? And, you know, it's sad. And she shouldn't have done that. But listen, we've had Michael Jackson dancers, Madonna dancers, um, Elvis performing and band members and It's literally just the time period that we're in because I can only imagine the stress and turmoil that action, I'm going to be rude, Lizzo, sorry, that actual massive superstars have had Elvis, Michael, Madonna, Janet. Um, I mean, you can even go back to Rolling Stones and all these people. There's been so many massive megastars that Lizzo can't really sit in the top 10 when you look at the history of music that I'm sure the crew and background dancers or background singers can tell some stories about when they felt quote unquote abused or sexually harassed. And it's like, okay, well not anymore. That's that culture has gone. It really is. It's wild. I mean, yes, I'm sure everyone has stories and back to what you were saying about what Liz is going to do. Who knows? But Shirlene went right to her social media and <laughs> made a com and, and she released a video that just said god is so great and that she had the best time on tour and so she didn't talk on it but she released a video and this is an interesting thing for me in knowing the little bits that i know about her so she is very very religious and that is something that has shown up in this lawsuit is that people felt pressured by her religious conversation. Mm -hmm. So she was very, very pushy and aggressive with her beliefs. And when she found out that one of these dancers was a virgin, she started discussing it quite frequently and also then making very bizarre sexual remarks. So there's this whole murky area within that world. But I know that from some personal stuff, like 
I don't believe that she's fully well. I think there is Shirlene. I think there are some mental health issues at play here. Find me someone in America that doesn't have mental health issues. You can't. Okay. You can't throw a broom. What is it? You can't throw a stick without hitting somebody. Exactly. Whatever. Without with a mental health issue. But she went missing a few years ago. Where was she? And it became this thing, right? And I knew this only because I was seeing people repost and she went missing a few years ago and then was found and she was just like wandering. She was She just, wanted to take a quick little stroll for the next three days. That type of thing. Wow. It's just, my point is, is that I don't think she's mentally well. And then when you put somebody who's a bit unstable in such a high position. Stress position, a high stress position. So what is her job title? Her job title is Captain of Dance Squad. Wow, she is Captain of Dance Squad. She thought she was going into high school with some batons and stuff, but she ended up on the stage with Lizzo and now in a lawsuit. Poor girl. Well, I guess we're going to be watching her walk down the street soon for days. Back back down it. <laughs> back, back down the street you go, Shirley. I mean... But everyone... <laughs> It is is just all all that to say. Let's hope that that doesn't happen until she is uh, out of this humidity, right? I just want to know uh, how much money they're going for because Lizzo's ripe. Lizzo's ripe with the with the cash flow right now. That's gonna suck on Lizzo's part, and you know, I hope justice prevails. Whichever Always. way it wins, I hope justice prevails. I'm not sitting on either side, and I'm sure you're not either. Um, and we don't know, and we weren't there, so I just want to disclaimer that we're just you know shooting the shit so if you have judgment about what we said just know this is home couch conversation so go sit down are you ready to share some joy and celebrate international women's day m&ms has partnered with iheart for women take the mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Let's spin the wheel. And the word is augmentation. Augmentation. What does augmentation mean? I feel like, okay, wheel, you just grew up. <laughs> you just you got ca- real adult on us. <laughs> you gave us a whole five-syllable word. When I hear augmentation, the first thing I think Four. of is lip augmentation. Li- you know what's funny? My dad had lip augmentation. What? Yeah, he had like his filler? Bottom- no, he had his bottom lip reduced. I remember. That is a real lip augmentation. Yeah. That's like a certain, yeah, because when I hear augmentation, I go, okay, plastic surgery or recipes. Recipes for augmentation? I don't know. Like I think about Ina Garten who who makes caramelized onions in olive oil and butter. And in my head, I'm like, no, you just need one. So I augmented the recipe. I don't even think about Ina because I don't like the way her food looks. Sorry, augmentation, got it. Not butter or just oil or vice versa, especially with an onion. It cooks itself. I mean, augmentation for me, augment. I kind of go into like machine world. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to augment this machine to make it work for me. That's what I think about. But yeah, I think about plastic surgery as well. I always think about plastic surgery. I mean, I read an article today that said that because of the strike. Mm Mm-hmm. More and more people are getting, well, celebrities specifically are getting plastic surgery. And this Beverly Hills surgeon was like, we are so at capacity because people are just like booking, booking, booking because I wonder if any of them are going to my plastic surgeon. Who's your plastic surgeon? Well, I actually share a plastic surgeon with Kelly Osborne's mom, Sharon Osborne. (laughs) Oh, Sharon is nipped and tucked, honey. Yeah, we went to the same plastic surgeon. I had um, two breast reductions in lipo before I turned 18. Did you know that? I know you knew that. Just what? What? (laughs) Should I act more surprised? Oh my God, what? I know because, you know, I've never said it. I never shared it, but like. Well, you haven't ever shared it publicly. I knew this because I know that body. Oh, she has all the scars. But 
What's making you decide to share this right now? I don't know. Maybe because it's a safe space. (laughs) It's a safe space. (laughs) I mean, wow, babes. You are safe with me. Oh, yeah. Am I okay? And the earbuds of the 4,000 people listening. (laughs) I love those. Yo, 4,000. Yo. Loved your show. We were looking for 50,000, but we got 4,000. We love y'all. Anyway, <laughs> um, it is a safe space, baby. Okay. But yeah, I got- I'm sorry. And you also said before the age of 18. Yeah, before the age of 18. Which my- means you were a minor. Correct. There was paperwork involved. My dad suggested strongly that I should get my breast reduced. <laughs> my breast reduced. Say that 10 times fast. I know, right? And um, he was like, so you don't feel bad. Is there anything you want? And I was like, what? I was like, yeah, if I get lipo, will people stop calling me fat? And uh, so I got a two for a two for one. So the oh, the lipo was free <laughs> in my head. That's how it was presented. And then and it was just like a mess. It was just a mess. Just being that young and ugh, the pain of it all, honey. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the recovery like? Uh, I disassociated. So the recovery was you know, a little painful. I have scars. I still have scar tissue to this day. And they actually, I gained weight after and had to like go back for a quick little, like a little bit more out because they were still too big for others' feelings. That was the number two? That was the number two. Oh my gosh. Wait, so did you go to like a recovery center? Because my sister had her tonsils taken Mm -hmm, out mm -hmm. and she went to a recovery center and it was this like bougie house that all of these women who had just had facelifts and boob jobs and whatever done. Mm-hmm. And they were all walking around and then she's just like, and my tonsils. Huh? Hilarious. Yeah, I went to a recovery center, but that was for my, <laughs> that was for another procedure. I had. <laughs> so after this one, you just went home? After this one, I went home. Um, I don't think I went anywhere. I might have gone like for a couple days, but I don't remember because I was so young. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like disassociated. And that that first one that I had, I actually had a seizure when I like woke up from the surgery. And I remember waking up and seeing everything. And I was like, nah. And then I just started to have this dry mouth and couldn't breathe. And then I went back under and they were like, oh, yeah, you had a seizure. I was like, Thanks for telling me. That is so. Was it from the anesthesia? I don't know what it was from. I didn't really inquire until later. Because they didn't, it was a long story. Damn, babes, we should know. Because in case you ever need to have anesthesia again, I should know if that causes you to have seizures. No, for sure. When I had my- I am your emergency contact. This is true, you are. When I had my other um, little procedure done, I had anesthesia and I didn't come, I didn't have a seizure. So I think it was just like specific to that moment. Did you have anesthesia for, yeah, obviously your wrist. Yeah, I had anesthesia when I broke my wrist, for sure. Yeah. And I had anesthesia when I got my wisdom teeth pulled. So I'm good. It's just like- just knowing that the reason I opened my eyes and like couldn't swallow or breathe was because I was having a seizure and like remembering that moment, but not remembering the seizure kind of like still freaks me out a little bit. And maybe that was just a lot for the body to handle. Like, I'm sure the breast it was. reduction and that, and you were probably, do you remember how long the surgery was? I don't know. Well, I asked that because one time my mom told me that she would had a surgery and it was supposed to be like a 30 minute thing and ended up being like a four hour procedure. Yeah. I mean, mine was definitely longer than two hours. I mean, they did a lot. They had to reconstruct it. They had to like shrink things because certain things were overly stretched. (laughs) We're talking about areolas here. My areola was absolutely massive because I had like triple D's. Like I would sit down and my titties would just be sitting on my knees and with no bra. And I was like, my back. 
slash kind of like him. The boys always looked at me. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I had a nice little... Part of me is like, holy shit. And then part of me is like, jealous. See, you're. it's funny. It's funny you said that because you always say that I'm a titty girl, but you are. You are? No, I'm not. You're you, not? What are you then? A body. I like the body. The I whole the thing. bodies. You got a perfect one. That's but sure. you... I've heard you say, ooh, look at them titties. Quite a bit. I'm admiring it, but I've also said, look at that ass. I've, I've said all the body parts. I also said, look at them calves. Yes, them calves. Because that's all I got. No, you That's all I got going for me. That's not true. I mean, you know, I think so. I think I could have a little bit more junk in my trunk or a little bit more of a titty, and it would make me feel some type of way. Or you can look at your body and be like, you are perfectly proportionate to your length and size and hair color. This is true. Couldn't you my hair color? <laughs> Get got the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Oh my God. What are you saying? What are you really saying? I'm saying that I love your body. Thank you. I really love your body too. Thank you. That's what I'm really Even with saying. all its scars. All of its scars. Emotional and physical. <laughs> I mean, scar tissue though. That's a real thing. And I think that people should talk more about how to handle themselves post procedure, post augmentation, because Scar tissue holds trauma, like you've said before, and there are certain things you can do to help avoid creating greater scar tissue, like lymphatic massage and drainage and things like that. And cupping, like my wife really got me into cupping because of my scars and because I've been going like my skin is loosening after so many years and I can like digest better after so many years. And it's interesting that you said that there's so many augmentations happening during the strike because I wonder if they're going to claim it. You know, there's so mm. many beauty influencers out there. I'm like, I was born like this. Bitch, no, you weren't. I see the triangle inside of the nose cavity. I know damn well you got your nose done. Those, that's an interesting thing because you know those celebrity Instagrams where they compare a person's before and afters. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that recently because I saw a picture of myself when I was like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And I look at myself now as a 36 year old and you've even done this with me where you've looked at me and you're like, you sure you didn't get your nose done, Miranda? You sure? Mm -hmm. And I did not get my nose done. I have not had any work done to my face. And what has happened is my face has changed as I've grown yes. up. And that does happen to people. And it does happen. And sometimes people start so young and you don't even know what their face is going to end up looking like. A hundred percent. And I feel like that's really scary and toxic for people because when there isn't appropriate communication about what's happening or young girls like the ages of 15, 16, 17 are having procedures done without giving their bodies time to really settle, then you never know. Because listen, 12-year-old me would have totally been like, sign me up for buckle fat removal, sign me up for the chin implants, sign me up for the nose job, sign me up for the, I don't know, forehead rising. Uh, sign me up wow. for all She doesn't of want a forehead. She actually wants a six head. Who wants a six head? Yeah, I wanted no a one. six head. But my point is, I would have done all of those things then, not knowing that puberty, age, time would have changed my face kind of naturally. Like I, my nose slimmed out somehow, like my face elongated, but that's just 
part of what happens. And my point was that like, when we see some of these comparisons, you see like young Margot Robbie next to Margot Robbie today. I do not know if she has or hasn't had work done. So I am kind of just like- Or augmentation of any kind. Yep. So I'm kind of pulling this out of my ass, but like she could be like me and just have been somebody who- face changed but these websites are going oh she did this to her nose and she shaved this down and then young girls are seeking it out so what i hear you saying is that um kylie jenner is actually natural clearly this is great to take to our therapist because (laughs) this is proof of how we don't communicate well because i don't think i said anything about kylie jenner what i heard is that kylie jenner grew up looking like that's what she looked like when she grew up hell no we can tell that kylie jenner has had work done because that's undeniable grew up and looked like that no megan fox (laughs) kylie jenner their work is undeniable you you see such a significant change but i'm talking about the more subtle i'm talking about when you see somebody put like j-lo at the age of 15 next to j-lo at the age of don't talk about j-lo she's queen (laughs) next to j-lo at the age of 53 and they're like look she's clearly had this done this done this and and then what i'm saying is it just plants this seed in some people's heads to think that that's what they have to have to attain that where i'm saying look Give yourself a little bit more time and make the decision at 25. I think that there's some people like JLo where it's like, okay, your augmentation, if you did anything, was beautifully done. You didn't just pick it out of a book. You did it to make sure that you stay fresh and light. There's some augmentations out there that I'm like, you look crazy. You look absolutely crazy. And then there's some where I'm like, whoa, if you didn't have that, uh, you know what? I'm happy you got that augmentation mm. because you needed it. Um, but a lot of the times where in this plastic surgery world for beauty standards, I don't agree with needing it. You know, I see a lot of lip fillers. I see a lot of cheek fillers. I see a lot of this. And I'm like, maybe not for you. Like you could have found the beauty in your natural state and allowed, you know, someone who might have gone through a car crash who needed lip, lip reconstruction or, or, you know, cheekbone reconstruction, zygomatic arch reconstruction for those cheek implants. I'm sorry, what? The zygomatic arch, it's the bone that makes your cheekbone. Wow. I'm a painter. I, I, I paint. was, um, okay. I paint. I know the body. Um, but I think that- Patella. The patella. I think that it is true, babes. It's like, you got to let your body settle in what it's going to do. But- At the same time, there are people at a young age, like, you know, my septum, I have a deviated septum, you know, my eye is crooked, I got to tuck my ears. It's like this ideal, even before you grow into who you are, that our society, parents, family members, royalty, I mean, that was, that has been going on for forever around the world. This is very true. So do you regret having something done so young because you didn't really let yourself settle? Um... I don't know if I regret it because they grew back and... But not to that big of a size. No, but not to that big of a size. And I say that because if I didn't have it and they grew the way they grew now, would my titties hang to my ankles? You know what I mean? Like, did I prevent double Zs from happening rather than just sitting in a nice double D cup right now? Do you regret the fact that I can't say... Do your titties hang low? Do they wobble? Because you got them. They do hang low, though. But not that low where I'd be singing that song to you. 
Do you regret that? <laughs> can you tie him in a knot? Can you tie him in a bow? Can you throw him? I can over smack your them over your face, though. <laughs> Different situations. They're still long enough. For I can that. neither confirm nor deny, but I'm going to confirm that because <laughs> I can confirm that. That's like your party trick. They're still smackable. Listen, I can't believe we're talking about this. We're not going to talk about my titties anymore. All right. Well, I just mean in terms of like your relationship to yourself, and if that. When you, I know you said you dissociated, but if you had a moment of like, oh, wow, I feel amazing now, or I feel different, or I feel great. Or I, I mean, feel shirts, fit, shirts fit well, but <laughs> even though I got the breast reduction, nobody knew at that age. And I still got reamed through social media because I wasn't as skinny as everybody else. And they still called me fat. So it's like you get that done and it's still not what everybody wanted to see. So it's kind of in that mindset of I could have or I could have not. Um, I mean... What it did do, though, is like remind me how important it is that if you want something changed in your body, live with it for a little bit longer, like we were talking about, to see if it changes and get therapy before that happens. Because, you know, a tummy tuck or liposuction, you know, the smaller versions of it actually work. Like if you're just trying to do a little love handle here and there, blah, 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 tip, tip, tip. But if you're trying to do what I was trying to do, which was like get rid of belly fat, that it didn't get rid of my belly fat because what was actually happening was that my liver and my um, my body was, my hormones were off. So I was going to gain weight whether or not I had lipo or not. Yeah, it's like if you're looking for a quick fix or if you're looking for something to try and or if you're trying to attain something that you've idealized like a certain figure then it's probably not ideal i think that if you are in a position to go okay i just want to like make this little tweak this enhancement and then i'm going to feel so much better about myself that's i believe that everyone has that prerogative and i mean like look there's a lot of people that have had augmentations like a pamela anderson like a black china like some of these women out here now they're like i'm taking them out I'm over it. I don't want that look anymore. Well, not that long ago, actually, Kylie Jenner, speaking of Kylie, who's all natural. She's all natural. Talked about regretting getting breast implants, I think, at the age of 19. Mm -hmm. And I didn't listen to the full thing, so bear with me. But I know she was saying that she regretted it. And I know she was saying she wished she had waited. I don't know if she's had her breast implants removed. But she said after having kids in particular, it was a very different breast experience it's which also, makes total sense it makes total sense and it also just feeds into the narrative that as society gets older <laughs> stick with me body styles change and they return roman times the thick girl was in okay you could not tell a roman man for nothing that a skinny girl was beautiful she needed hips booty and titties then 90s America. If you didn't look like you haven't eaten in years, you're not going to be beautiful. Heroin chic. Heroin chic. And then the Kardashian era. If you didn't look like you were skinny as hell, but you got a big old hair and big old dinner, then it didn't work. And, you know, corsets from the 1800s to now, it's like humans will change what a beauty standard is at a drop of a dime. And the fact that we have technology to augment our bodies in a such invasive way injections now we have to liquidize those injections because what the material it was used for was dangerous like it's just a constant cyclical pattern which is another reason why i'm like maybe just wait wait until you get a little bit older see what the trend is 
Because all those people who plucked their eyebrows to augment their eyebrow shade I back mean, in the 90s, yeah. they're not happy right now because they can't grow back. But, but that's even coming back. Now, now things, talk to me about Now that. there's this whole thing with TikTok doing those things for you. There's filters that like show you what you look like with different eyebrow styles and would show you what you look like if you had lip filler. And it's giving people ideas as to what they might look like and if they want to do it. So I feel like we're such a hodgepodge of things. But one thing that you said that stuck out to me is you said that humans are doing these things. And I wonder if it's humans or if it's men setting these standards. Do you, how much? I think it's men and then a couple of those women underneath the men that like to just toot a man on. But I think it's, I think it's, I think it's companies. I think it's companies and I think it's the men that run those companies. But I do believe there are some women in there who set a standard of what is beautiful but they could be influenced by a man because we do have women in power from back in the day that did not pick a beautiful black woman in her thickness over a skinny white woman because they felt that the white woman would sell more magazines. So there are women that has also prevented body images. From, 100%. You know what I mean? But on an overall, I think men are a huge culprit when it comes to women's beauty and what we do to make sure the man can look at us in a certain way. You know, I think that's definitely a part of our society. I think it's interesting because, I mean, I definitely heard you say that your father strongly suggested you do that. I know for me, I've had experiences with my own dad where comments were made. One thing my dad, I remember he told me that I should have all of my freckles and moles removed and that would make me essentially more beautiful. He was like, there's just too many of them. And I was young at that age. And I remember really changing how I related to those spots on my skin. And here's the deal. I understand if you have like something that's hanging off of you or getting caught in your jewelry, sure, then maybe you go do that to enhance your quality of life. But I didn't have that situation. And then at the age of whatever I was, eight, nine, thinking, oh man, I have to do this, which in my mind, it was considered painful to be Considered okay. Yeah. Can like yeah. and can you imagine if I had done all of that? You wouldn't have anyone to play connect the dot on. I know, babes. I really like your moles. And that's the thing. It's like everything is through the lens of another person until you're able to take those lenses off and and um sharpen your own lenses. Anything between, you know, born and I'm gonna say 18 because that's what the law says. But I think it's a little bit younger. I think right around 13, 14, you start seeing yourself a little bit more. But you start seeing yourself through the lens of what your parents have told you about yourself and what your yeah. friends have told you about yourself. Yeah. And if you have a human in your family that is critical of your size, that is critical of what your hair color looks like, that is critical of how you write, critical of how you speak, you're going to start soaking up that and augmenting yourself to make that person happy. But that's not making you happy. That's just making sure that you have a safe environment so you don't feel that criticism. And as we get older, that thought process changes into this is what's wrong with me. And then we start having self-doubt and lack of confidence. And it's sad because rarely, rarely will a child grow up and feel like they are absolutely perfect left and right. We play like we do. We put it as our mask. But, you know, even if somebody was like, oh, you're skip wrong. That might scar a child one day. Yeah. And then the next day, you're like, you skip well. And the child's like, well, which one? I don't know. You know? 
Yeah. And you never know how sensitive that child is and how deeply they'll receive that criticism because you often hear people say things like, you know, I grew up under the same roof as this person and we have the same parents. But at the same time, I was thinking about this because I used to be someone who said that I would compare myself to my sister and be like, Mimi and I grew up under the same roof with the same parents. But then I realized we didn't have the same parents. We didn't. You didn't have the same parent dynamic. You had the same parents and you didn't have the same parent dynamic. Right. But they were different people by the time that my sister was born. And my father left when my sister was two. I was seven. My mom's mental state was different. The world was different. There were five years had passed. They already had the experience of a first child. Like she did have a different experience and different messaging. And the younger ones always do. It's always the first kids, especially in the years that we were born. Yeah. Parents were different back then. It's totally true. You know what I mean? Second kid. Oh, they failed. They good. First kid. Oh, thank God. I mean, that still exists. I see that even with like my friends who are having kids right now where the first one, it's like, I am so terrified to feed them solids. And the second one is being fed solids by the first one. Exactly. And then it's also, like you said, even though you're growing under the same roof and you have parents even though they will grow up after certain kids grow up it's still a different human just because you come from the same body doesn't make you that person right you are your own person with similar attributes and genes but you are a different human being with a different spirit and a different path and um you will sit at the table with you know chicken, rice, and gravy. One kid just wants the rice. One kid just wants the chicken. That shows you right there that they are going to experience things differently. And one kid wants it all. Me. I want everything. I mean, oh my God. I used, to, I used to be so jealous of my brother because he would be able to get chicken, rice, and gravy. And they were like, no, just chicken for you. You got to like keep your weight. And I'm like, yeah. Chicken, rice, and gravy from where? My mama would make it. She would put rice and chicken inside of a casserole dish and then cover it in um, mushroom soup from Campbell's. Campbell's. Oh my God. But I used to eat that. It was just out, out that he would have that. I've never have. had that. I've never had that. Oh, it's so good. Condensed mushroom soup. So good. I, I feel like it's it. always in um, green bean casserole. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we didn't really make that. That's over there on your side of the street. On our side. I didn't make that. Anymore. I have never been to a white people Thanksgiving that had green bean casserole. Just saying. I have. So is there anything else that you would augment about yourself? About myself? Yeah. Um, yes, I would have an eyebrow transplant. What? Yeah. The way my eyebrows grow, you guys can check it out. You can Google me. <laughs> and um, when I was a child, my eyebrows grew upside down, left and right. I've had this conversation so many times. But I have them tattooed now because there was a point in my career where my father was like, <laughs> time to get your eyebrows taken off. They look too weird. And so got them shaved off. And then I started drawing them in. Um But now that's, see, it kind of goes back to the trend thing that you were talking about because now so many people are getting microblading, which is what you do, right? Or microplaning? I get the microblading. I got microblading because my eyebrows don't grow right. So I used to get like judged for going out without drawing my eyebrows in. My grandma used to call me that little bird. Remember the bird from Snoopy? Woodstock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, She said that my eyebrows look like his feet. So I was like, all right, grandma. Okay. So rest in peace, lady. (laughs) But I was like, let me get them tatted because I don't like to draw. You know, I don't wear makeup. Yeah. You know, so I got them microbladed and I love them. But it is because 
back in the 90s, in the early, I mean, in the late 80s, I wore my eyebrows and nobody tripped. But what I'm saying is so crazy is like back then when that was happening to you, no one was talking about it. Nobody would have been like, oh, it's fine. And now fast forward, there's a solution for it. And Mm -hmm. so many women, even women with not upside down backwards, see through Mm -hmm. eyebrows are doing Doing this thing. And so it's kind of proves your point of letting things settle a little bit in yourself and then seeing where the cards kind of fall because society culture will dictate something in this world of standards. I literally believe that 100% because when I was younger in the industry, thick girls, big girls were not popular. Yeah. It was just like, you're fat, plain and simple. You have to be the best friend if you're black. You have to. And then now, thanks to people like Lizzo, I guess people are giving her the credit for it. Um, thick girls and bigger girls are out here thriving in their best bodies. But, you know, just 100, I was thick my whole life. So for all of those that were hating on me, I, I stayed that way. You're welcome. You were just a singular soldier. One, hardcore. one person marching. There were some, I remember there were some girls in the industry. I'm like, how come they're not getting, like Amber Tamblyn, she had hits her whole life. Yeah, and she still does. She still does. And I appreciated that about her. You know what I mean? But then there were other ladies out here that just were always skinny and that we were, you know, paired up against and it's just not, you know. It's so wild to me how some people are just so comfortable in their bodies and then other people are so uncomfortable in their bodies. And I wonder how much of it, like I would love to do a study and see how many of the people who are really comfortable grew up with parents who were encouraging them or grew up with, you know, people that mirrored like looking shape to them with confidence versus how many of the people who are uncomfortable had negative messaging and see where the cards kind of fall because it it really fascinates me especially as somebody who's had so much discomfort in their body and so much confusion it would just be so interesting to me to know where this all comes from really can i can i actually bring up another type of augmentation yeah bonsai trees oh Bonsai tree is an augmented tree. Humans manipulate it to make those shapes for quote unquote aesthetic beauty. We do it to plants. Oh my God, we do it to probably so many more things. We do it to so many things. We augment so many things because we think we can make it more beautiful. We think if we change something, I brought that up because we have a we have a couple money trees in the room, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, a bonsai designer, that is a family business. It takes 60, 80 years yeah. to create these beautiful pieces of art, but they're augmenting, they're manipulating, they're changing the natural structure of this tree or a clipping. And like you said, a study. But the thing is, is we've been doing that forever. We, we take a, we take a piece of rock and we augment it to turn it into an arrowhead to kill, to eat. That's all humans know how to do is to change from its natural state to make something quote unquote better or useful for us. So it's embedded in our system. I agree. I agree. That's so interesting to think of that way and to see it in other forms of things that we deem beautiful. We augment cows to make it wagyu. Oh, yeah, we do. We augment the feeding of a duck to make foie gras. Foie gras. Foie gras. Say it like you mean it. Foie gras. We are always augmenting. 
How about you catch that in your sock and suck on it? Catch that in your sock and suck on it. It's true, babes. We are master augmenters. Wow. Human beings just do that. But I guess what I get, try to get at or would like to know the root of is where that standard of beauty is created. Like who decides what is mm-hmm. beautiful, what is worth augmenting, what isn't. Exactly. Meaning, who says that that's okay? Exactly. Babes, do the study. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. 
Offers vary by device, subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. There's a game on the horizon. Let's play a game. For today's game, babe, mm-hmm. and with the theme of augmentation, we're going to get two different plastic surgery procedures, mm. and we have to decide which is more expensive. Done. These numbers are from the 2020 Aesthetic Plastic Surgery National Data Bank Statistics and 288 Participating Plastic Surgery Practices Across the United States of America. Wow. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. These numbers only reflect standard procedure costs, which include surgeon and facility fees, and may not include fees for anesthesia, medical tests, prescriptions, surgical garments, or other miscellaneous costs related to your procedures, which is aftercare. Whoever gets, yeah, right. Whoever gets two right first wins, Mm -hmm. and the loser must read our final podcast credits in the weirdest voice they can come up with. I hope I I win. I cannot wait for this I mean, I hope I lose. I hope I win the chance to lose. (laughs) Oh, that's how you play a game of some kind. Let's, Let's go. play. Okay. Which is more expensive? Okay. A Brazilian butt lift? Or a tummy tuck. Okay, let's talk about it. A Brazilian butt lift requires an implant. Also known as the BBL. Ooh, the BBL. The, uh, a butt implant, some injections here and there. A tummy tuck requires the corset snatch along with your abdomen being pulled down in a reconstruction and taking out of the belly fat by the fupa. And maybe <laughs> the fupa. And maybe a new belly button. A reconstructed belly button. They'll move it and change it to where it needs to go. They also have to take into consideration like the stretching of the skin. So I'm going to say a tummy tuck is more expensive. Oh, I was going to say Brazilian butt lift. Oh, okay. Well, who's right? Oh, I'm a rat. The tummy tuck is more expensive. There's a lot more muscles they have to deal with. Not fair. That's because you probably like asked your plastic surgeon when you were getting your boobs done some questions like that. And I haven't had the chance because I don't have big enough boobs. Well, a tummy tuck is $6,622 and a BBL is $5,480. Not too much difference. Close. Close enough. Let's get this next one in. Upper arm lift. Or a vaginal plat. You can't read vaginoplasty? Listen, I was just, when I saw it, I was like, is this what I think it is? <laughs> it is. Okay, an upper arm lift. Would you or would you not get a vaginoplasty? Define it. Like, what are we doing? Are, are we dealing with the lips? I actually don't even know, but I think it's when they make you tighter. Well, I don't have to worry about that anymore, so I'll probably be okay with this. Okay, listen, let's talk about it. Maybe upper- they make it prettier, or maybe they do. Like, But then my mole will get removed. Then my little freckle will get removed. You guys, it's true. <laughs> Breaking news. I have all the moles and beauty marks on my body where you can see them, and Raven has one on her vaginoplasty, <laughs> and she's keeping it. Okay, which is more expensive? An upper arm lift or a vaginoplasty? And I'm, gonna, I'm saying, I'm guessing first, and I, and I know you like to break them down or whatever, but I'm saying vaginoplasty just because of what you're dealing with. And like, if you accidentally nip tuck the clit, you're done as a doctor. That was a great sentence. Nip tuck the clit. Like that is, who who got bars for that one? I need somebody to write 16 bars for the nip tuck the clit. That shit was Nip tuck the clit. <laughs> no, not you, not you. <laughs> That's what you mean. She hates it when I rap. Okay. Um, I, my name is Miranda Mayday. I got, that means M&M. We connected. Wow. 
I went there. She went there. Okay, so an, I just want to break it down. An upper arm lift, that's talking about, you know, when you pull your arm out, the thing that hangs from the back. That's not a lot. That's just a quick little removing of fat and sewing it appropriately. You'll probably have a few stitches by your armpit. Vaginoplasty, that does require a lot more nerve endings and reconstruction in a beautiful way. So I would actually say a vaginoplasty is more expensive. Okay, we agree on that. Ooh. Upper arm lift? Upper arm lift. An upper arm lift is $4,675 and a vaginoplasty is 3000 They don't care about the vagina. I was just going to say. They do not care about the vulva. And I bet you it was a man who created the vaginoplasty. Literally. He was Which like, is I'm a- tired of all this looseness. I got to get the this The word tightened. is weird. Vaginoplasty. That's what it is. Vag- that's, what, that's why I said the... Yeah, vagina. I actually have a friend who went through the procedure of getting the uh, tightening thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, that's she hardcore. down for the cause. All right, everybody, I'm in the lead. One, and Miranda has zero. Next up, penis enlargement or upper body lift? It's for sure an upper body. Well, you know what? In today's world, it probably is a fucking penis lift because whatever. No, no, no. It's probably not the penis oh, lift. Oh, a penis lift. It's not even it's called a, a penis it's lift. A penis <laughs> enlargement. It's probably not the penis enlargement because it's guy to guy. He's like, dude, I'll do this for you for like 50 cents. Don't worry about it. I got you. I know what it means. You know, Wouldn't it be more guy? machismo to be like, oh, I got a penis enlargement and I spent 10 bags. I don't know why he talks like this, but isn't that cooler? <laughs> no. Yes, it's cooler, but... If I, listen, if I was a dude and I was giving out penis enlargements, I'd be like, one for you, dude. One for what you, dude. What would you do if you were sleeping with a guy? Well, and for obviously the, I wouldn't Okay, either. right. First time you're having sex with a guy. Stop it. First time you're having sex with a guy and he's like, okay, you're getting into it, whatever. And he's like, hold on, hold on. And pulls out a penis pump. <laughs> First of all, I'd be watching and just like that. So I don't know. What would I do? Yeah. I'd be like, let me see what that looks like, dog. Can I? <laughs> Listen, we're not going into it. <laughs> oh, I know what you would do. Never fucking mind. This just does this fit in there? Listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're so bad. Anyway, I okay. We're going upper body. Well, we. Upper body lift. I'm going to say, upper, okay, listen, upper body lift. That is obviously something that's very invasive for people who have lost a whole bunch of weight or just have extra skin and fat. So I'm going to say an upper body lift. I am too. Upper body lift at $8,367 versus a penis enlargement, which is 7960 How do they, is it a, what is it? A penis enlargement. Well, it's not a bone, it's cartilage. So I don't know if they inject some type of malleable implant. But metal. Could you imagine? Then you have a bionic Ew. penis. Ew. And then. And a clicker. It would be like a telescope type of mechanism and then ew 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 i don't even want to talk about penises okay well it's still one zero yes so we got to we got to do something here let's do it perspiration reduction or non-surgical vaginal tightening that's what i was talking about so the vaginoplasty is definitely like cutting of lips i'm gonna find out making it pretty and whatever hold on let me just vaginal what is it because you know how some vaginas like listen I had a friend who did some report for women's studies where she had women send her photos, anonymous photos of their vaginas. There are some wacky looking oh, babes. vulvas out there. We're not thinking what, a, we don't know what a vaginoplasty is. Let me tell you what a vaginoplasty is. Literally. A vaginoplasty is the creation of a vagina or vulva from your existing genitalia tissue, including <sighs> penis or scrotum. 
Oh, so it's a transitional. A transitional. A transitional. That is a true transition. augmentation. That is a true augmentation. And then a vaginal tightening is what is we for, know. Yeah, is tightening what we know. the vagina. It's yeah, because oh. we thought the vaginal plastic. You know, some girls be like wings, and then you shrink them down to like little beef curtains. <laughs> That's how I. Oh God. <laughs> I'll tell you, there was this I've rumor in high curtains. school about a girl who had beef curtains, and I never knew what that was. It's okay, sweetheart. It's okay. Your oh. your vulva is yours, and it's beautiful just the way it is. Beef curtains. The, we are the reason. We are showing why women have issues. <laughs> we are literally doing. We were raised by men. It's not our fault. Oh, my fucking God. This is horrible. Um, okay. okay, I'm going to say that the non Ooh, yeah, I'm going to say the non-surgical vaginal tightening is more expensive than the perspiration reduction because I think perspiration reduction is just done with Botox. Mm. Interesting, because I was going to go with the perspiration reduction thinking that it had to do with glands and kind of reduction of things. But Botox sounds interesting. Yeah, it's just like Botox in the armpits, which I'm I know gonna, people I'm, have done You know that. what? I'm just going to go out on the limb. I'm going to say that the perspiration reduction is more expensive and you're going to go with the vagina lightening? I mean, tightening. Vaginal lightning. Let's go. <laughs> I pulled it out of my it's sock. Be, yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, it's the non-surgical vagina tightening, which is $1,236. And the perspiration reduction is $990. So I got one point. It's one-to-one one now. It's one. It's always one-to-one one with us. Oh, we need a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. How much is a cheek implant known as a malar augmentation? Ooh. Oh, you just were having a conversation about this the other yeah. day with somebody. And I somebody. did not ask the price. They also went out of the country, so. How polite of you. Um, a cheek augmentation. So here's the deal with a cheek augmentation. There are a couple of kinds. There are kinds that you can just place a piece of silicone in that pocket, or you screw it into your bone, <gasps> and that's a lot stronger and stays. Um, you also have to have your incision and a things like that. So I'm going to guess that a cheek implant also known as a malar augmentation is around five thousand dollars babes literally that was what i was gonna say but i'll say five thousand two hundred and four nine nine okay the price is right in five four three two one i win the price is $3,669. You are too good at this game. Honey, I'm in the industry. I know all the surgeries. But Holy. Y'all don't well, know me. I mean, I, clearly. You can tell when someone has it. I just know what happens when you get it. That's like <laughs> my sixth sense. It is. It's your superpower. I'm like, oh, she had buckle fat removal and a little bit of lip filler and had her nose done with filler versus, yeah. Yeah. I'm good at that. And a brow lift. And a brow lift. Ugh, a brow lift. Anyway augmentation is dangerous (laughs) if done incorrectly if not done with the right mental space if done in a country that is not charging you uh correctly i think you can't skimp on your can't skimp yo i think a beautiful thing about augmentation is it can be there it can happen Mm -hmm. by choice Mm -hmm. it can happen naturally and as long as it can happen in need because we've seen some amazing surgical procedures that like from a car crash or if you have a very huge accident and you need full facial reconstruction, like beautiful reasons for augmentation. Yeah. And as long as I think that people have 
good understanding and education as to why they're going to do any form of augmentation, whether it's on your house, whether it's on a recipe, whether it's on your body, then it's not dangerous, like you said. Right. It's not necessarily always unsafe. And like you said, there is sometimes need for it. And that's why I think that accepting ourselves and what happens to us throughout our lives is really important. Acceptance versus resistance. And I hope that we as a society can start to just feel more relaxed in the bodies that we are. And then when we choose to have augmentation, it's a positive, it's an enhancement that makes us feel more confident or it's that feeling of a good hair day. It's like getting a blowout and you're just like, oh, I'm feeling myself. Or a new weave. Great. Out here in these streets, I, I don't know. I really don't have faith in society to allow for natural beauty to prevail well it has to happen in the individual and as long as we keep having these conversations Mm -hmm. and telling people our truths and the industry continues to shine lights on things like that maybe change will happen i hope so i hope so I hope so. Well, well, I can't wait to hear what crazy voice you're going to do for these credits. Bye, y'all. The best podcast ever is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Raven Simone and Miranda. Executive producers, Jensen. And Amy Sugarman. Produced and edited by Jordan Katz, who also does our music. Executive in charge of production is like Danielle Romo. The producer is Hannah Wink, Wink, Hannah Winkelman. Follow us on Instagram at the best podcast ever. And send your emails to the best podcast ever. Nope. And send your emails to the best pod ever at gmail.com. <laughs> Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of 
of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms. Because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway.